illegal entry stuff, like the ownership is way inflated. Yeah, yeah, and like the large field ownership isn't close to for that. Yeah, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the awesome.com NBA strategy show presented by No House Advantage. I'm Dave Lochran, joined by Adam Share at Ship My Money DFS. Follow me at Lafay underscore D on the Twitters, all the social medias. I really only use Twitter. I had the Instagram, Adam, but post very infrequently. Are you an IG guy? Are you ran? Are you routinely posting pictures of uh, your bar food on Instagram? No, um, I mean, I have an Instagram. I'll occasionally post a picture like if I traveled somewhere. But yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, like my, my Instagram's on private. I don't even like allow people to follow me if I don't know them because I don't know. I, I need like I spend enough time on Twitter. I need some like social media where like for sure. Yeah, it's just people I know. Right. You're not really trying to get followers on Instagram. Right. Yeah. yeah. And like I've, I've thought about it where it's just like, I have a decent Twitter following. I should probably try and grow Instagram. And I was like, I don't want to. I don't want to take the time to do it. Like, yep. Thought the same thing. But then I just won't post. And then, right. But either way, congrats on the win yesterday, man. Little uh, in the $1,500, took it down. Yeah. Yeah. Trying out some new stuff, playing a little bit more uh, high stakes, lower, smaller field. Uh, played 150 max too, got crushed there. But uh, yeah, my, my main like single entry small field lineup beat all 150 of my large field lineups yesterday. So really? Yeah. Not really sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing <laughs> by a lot. Um, I'm not sure what my top one ended up being, but probably, I mean, my single entry lineup was really good. Nice, man. Yeah. Um, I just broke out all the patio furniture, all the cushions and stuff. I mean, we're it, it's spring, man. Yeah. Getting warmer. Uh, it's spring. Nice outside. It snowed in Nashville the night of the of the finals. Did so. it really? Yeah, we we had brunch on a rooftop at a hotel Friday morning, and we're like out there. It was like sixty five seventy, but it was just like a, a warm sixty five seventy. Like you're out there, like I was wearing a light jacket and like sweating. Um, and then by Friday night, it was snowing. Well, we got four games today. A lot different. Change of pace from yesterday's nine. Some interesting ones, though, to say the least. Memphis, Indiana. Uh, the big thing here is is obviously the the John Morant news. I mean, if Jaw's out, then that changes. Do you, do you have him out? Isn't he not expected to play? He's doubtful. Right. So with Jaw doubtful, that makes everything way different. It, it would probably would have been a little bit nicer in the event that, say, Dylan Brooks wasn't playing. But at the same time, man, this has been a team. I think Josh and I were talking about this the other day. Maybe it was you and me where Memphis just cut. No, it was it was Jimmy and Josh where Memphis just a couple of years ago, if you remember, was running like 14 man rotations. I'm being I'm exaggerating a bit, but pretty big rotations. It'll be interesting to see what they do today. You got Brooklyn, Orlando, um, Detroit, Miami, Phoenix and New Orleans. So those are the four games we've got on tap. I guess the biggest thing here is with all of these guys. So John doubtful CJ McCollum is questionable. We'll see where that goes. Brandon Ingram has already been ruled out for this one. Um, he's, he's out for what, like the next week at least. And then a couple of other you know, relatively significant guys were waiting on like Malcolm Brogdon. This could end up being a day with pretty good value, but at the same time, a lot of these guys not named John Morant, have already been out. So I don't know if it's going to open things up to the extent that we've seen over the past week at all. 
Yeah, and also on this slate, it's not like you have a ton to pay up for. Like on DraftKings, the only players that we're expecting to play that are over 10K are Durant and Irving. So um, it does create a situation, though, where if we do get a lot of value opening up, you're going to be able to sort of, I don't know if overpay is the right word, but like Joe Val at 8,600, for example, um, especially if, if McCollum were out. That price tag, you know, maybe you think it's a little high, but if you have the type of value that you're going to get from from Memphis and potentially other spots, uh, you can kind of overpay in some spots relative to median projection just to get the raw points. Well, happy to have you guys with us as always here on a Tuesday. Hit that thumbs up if you haven't done so yet. Subscribe to the channel. <clears throat> and uh, Jeremiah was 30,000, 30, right? He was asking what the top, top first place was, 30K? Yeah, 30K. All right, uh, DK, Lavi, put your face mask on. That was serious. Yeah, I generally wear my mask in the house still if I'm not on shows. Yeah, uh, your, your personality, that doesn't surprise me at all. And <laughs> I don't even, you know what? I don't know what that means. And if you want to join, hit join down below. Get the free super chats, the custom emojis. We'll always prioritize your questions, of course, along with all our Discord members. You get those badges as well. Tony's iced up with the with the with the one year badge. And if you hadn't done so yet, and you are a member, trying to tell everybody, there it is. Uh, you get in on the March Madness bracket, and we got some awesome prizes. Jordan, we're giving away a ton of memberships, right? Yeah. First gets a uh, year of Awesome o Plus, and then second thousand like, dollar value. Yeah, and then second gets second to like fifth gets like uh, a month. Okay, and, it, and I think we're doing some some of our Discord betting uh, stuff as well. I don't. Yeah, so all of that. Uh, just go if you're already a member. Go to C Perks, and then you'll see it'll put you on the landing page. Go to Community, and then the link is right there. So get in on that if you want to join the channel. We'd love to have you. If not, that's cool too. But most importantly, hit the thumbs up and subscribe. And we got it. It's cool now. If you subscribe to the channel or if you send a super chat, if you become a member, it pops up on the screen. All of that good stuff. Jordan and Tyler and Chris spent some time setting it up. So good stuff. Uh, everyone hates Chris said, y'all say 30K like it's nothing. Let me hit something like that. You're going to know. Um, yeah, you you have some you have some swings. You've said that before. That So 30K isn't what it used to be for you when when you have the swings that you do, right? Yeah, like 30K is cool. I'm glad I won 30K. Uh, it's not like, I mean, it's you, you're very aware that, especially when it comes with like playing, like I won it playing a $1,500 tournament. So like by this time next week, it could be like, damn, remember when I had that 30K? It's gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I love, like that, that's that's the way to, how, how long did it take you to adjust to playing those stakes where, you could have such insanely dramatic swings like it mentally people ask this stuff all the time to, to people to play, you know, at that level, like are, are, are the swings, will they get to you psychologically when it's like, cause you can have some great weeks and then you can have a swing that's so bad, even though you're still up on the year, but it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. I mean, it, it gets to you. I, I heard somebody, I don't remember who it was, um, say the other day on a podcast talking about the same thing that like when you win a large field tournament, normally, I think it was brick. Normally it feels more like relief than it does like excitement. And that's really true. Like recently I, like in January, I was just really hot and won some stuff like back to back. And so like, that was exciting. Cause it was just like, Oh, I 
wasn't in a like I wasn't in a downswing and then I got like my biggest win ever. Right. Like I was actually excited about that one. But a lot of times it's like, oh, I won hundred K. That's good because I had lost, you know, ninety K in the last month. So nice to know that uh, you know, I'm not gonna lose everything kind of thing. Crazy life, man. Crazy life. You ready to dive into this? Yeah. Josh says Josh of Los Angeles says losing is the rush. Yeah, I mean, it's you, you have I, I do think it helps mentally to just find like some way to embrace it because it's going to happen to everybody. Um, that's one reason like I don't mind sharing on Twitter that I'm losing. Like it's I don't mind just going on there making fun of myself during a losing streak because like it's better than just sitting around miserably thinking about it like without talking about it. Norm McDonald in his <clears throat> book, I, I tweeted this, was explaining like the best way I tweeted. I, I this he explained basically what gambling is. He said. So why the attraction? Most people would think it's the wins that keep the gambler going, but any gambler knows this is not true. Because Norm was, you know this, Norm was a big gambler, yeah. big sports better. And I wouldn't necessarily say he was a sharp either, right? He just he just liked to gamble. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, he goes, as you place your chips on the, on the crash table, you feel anxiety and impatience. When the red dice hit the green felt with a thunk and you're declared the winner and the chips are pushed towards you, you feel relief. Relief is all. This is what you were just talking about. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. And he goes, and relief is fine, but hardly what a man would give the whole rest of his life to gain. It has to be something else. And the best I've come up with is this. It's a particular, you love Norm too, so you'll appreciate it. It's a particular moment, a magic moment that occurs after the placing of a bet and before the result of that bet. It's after the red dice are thrown, but before they lie still on the green felt where they fall. It's when the dice are in the air. As long as they are there, time stops. As long as the red dice are in the air, the gambler has hope. And hope is a wonderful thing to be addicted to. Yeah, it's the sweat. Like that's that's yep. what it is. And then it followed it up with the, with the dealer saying, better luck next time, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you should read that book. It's really good, man. All right. Memphis and India. It's basically him and... Um, Adam, you know, Adam Egget that's on, it was on all the Norm McDonald shows as his co-host, basically no. him just, sh yeah, you do. You, I mean, I, you, I'm sure I do. But. If you've watched Norm McDonald clips, like the Norm McDonald show, Adam Egget was his co-host and all okay. that. It's just him shitting on him the entire time. All right, let's kick it off with Memphis and Indiana then, because Memphis is in uh, a particularly interesting spot today, not just because Morant is doubtful uh, with that back soreness, but Dylan Brooks hasn't been priced up at all. Now, I, I get it. He only played 25 minutes last game. He was sidelined for over a, or 26 minutes, sidelined for over a month. I think you probably get around 30 minutes from him today, and he's sub 5K. So that's not even talking about a dirt cheap Tyus Jones. And for, to be fair, DraftKings had time to, to, to do this pricing preemptively, I would have thought. Yeah, I mean, just ridiculous pricing today. Um, for one, like Tyus Jones is – um the kind of guy where like we talked about with drummond earlier in the year you know what like as the backup center where it's like he should never be close to minimum salary because he's in the rotation like at at 3400 tyus jones is like an okay value if john morant plays like you're normally talking you know 18 20 minutes from jones taking him out it just gives you a free square in the sense you know i hate saying free square i hate saying lock but barring injury Tyus Jones is like a 0.9 to 1 fantasy point per minute guy that now has a 30 plus minute role at close to minimum salary. 
you know, it, it's a situation where not only is there a very high ceiling, but it's a ridiculously high floor for that salary as well. So it kind of just makes it. So now we're playing with seven players instead of eight on DraftKings. And then, you know, somebody like Dylan Brooks, kind of the same thing. I mean, like you said, 26 minutes last game, uh, but he's 4,900. He has shooting guard, small forward eligibility. He's not afraid to shoot when he's playing with John Morant, uh, nope. without Morant. It's probably just going to be even more of that. Obviously efficiency can be an issue, but um, even if he plays 26 minutes again, he's going to look pretty good. And if he plays more minutes, he looks even better. Uh, he's played 434 minutes without Morant on the floor this year. He's averaged 1.08 DraftKings points per minute. He has a 30.1% usage rate. And he's sub 5K. So I think Jones clearly the, the top value, but Dylan Brooks not far behind him. No, not at all. Jones, Jones has played, what, a th- almost 1,100 minutes without him, has a 30% assist rate uh, as well. Like you said, Dylan Brooks, those are 1.08 fantasy points per minute is fine. Tyus Jones is almost a fantasy point per minute producer without Moran. Obviously, those have come without Brooks too, but what does it matter at that price? I mean, it really doesn't. If you're if you're uh, for minutes, you might be going lower than me. I get I, I think Dylan Brooks plays about 30 minutes today. If you come back and you can play 26 minutes in your first go around, I don't really see why you can't play an additional four the next time out. Um, how many are you giving to Tyus Jones? 30, 30, 32. Somewhere. Okay. Who else here for Memphis? is intriguing to you of course we're, we we have to talk about jaron jackson and desmond bain but i and and jackson obviously benefits the most from a per minute standpoint i believe right 1.2 well he's 1.26 so he's the highest i didn't look with with morant on but does he really see any added minutes it might not matter but does he play more than 28 30 minutes i don't even even know if it matters yeah, I mean, that's the issue with Jackson. You're going to expect an increase in per-minute production without Morant. He's got a 30-plus percent usage rate without him on the floor this year. But like you were getting at, you're not expecting Jackson to necessarily play more minutes because Morant is out. Um, you know, he played close to 30 minutes last game, but you also have to deal with him uh, committing stupid fouls constantly. So you can never feel too confident about his playing time. But if you give him 27, 28 minutes at 6,500, he still looks like a good play, just not as mispriced as guys like Jones and Brooks. And I think that's the same case for Desmond Bain, same case for Steven Adams. They're still good plays. This is still a good matchup against Indiana. Um, There's clearly additional usage to go around. Desmond Bain uh, without Morant on the floor this year is at 1.09 DraftKings points per minute with a 24.5% usage rate and an 18.5% assist percentage. So it makes him look pretty good as well but bain jackson adams are at least close to correctly priced whereas uh jones and brooks there was just essentially no effort made <laughs> right zero effort yeah. so at this point especially here's the thing too it's it's against indiana adam like this is not a a good basketball team if, if you were to take the the pacers since say the trade deadline there last i looked I'll, I'll pull it up right now they were they were bottom five in defensive rate. Yeah, they're allowing over almost 121 points per 100 possessions. It's it's a it's a bad defense. Offensively, they're actually playing quite well though, given that they've got you know Halliburton and, and potentially Brogdon and Heald and decent amount of offensive players. So this could end up being one of those games that just sees a lot of scoring, stays competitive, even though Memphis is a seven point favorite, and you're perfectly fine having. You know, three. I don't. Could you play four Grizzlies today? 
you could with it being a four game slate. I'll probably still just play three. Um, again, the reason being like Dylan Brooks is underpriced and clearly so is Jones, but you're still talking about needing raw points in your lineup. And and it is sure. a, it, it's less of an issue tonight. Like last like yesterday, I still ca- capped like the Clippers to three players. And I saw some good players that, you know, played four. And I was like, man, maybe I should have done that. They were good values. But it was just like, no, I don't want to waste. I, I don't want four roster spots typically, you know, on a nine game slate going to the same team on a four game slate. You can make a better case for it. Like you could get like if you got 35 points from Bain at 6,700, 36 from from Jackson at 6,500. 30 something from Brooks and then, you know, like 26 from Jones on a four game slate. There's a case that like all of those end up being good scores, but typically I'm still just going to end up going to three. There's going to be enough good plays elsewhere still. But Memphis, you'd agree, clearly the best team on the slate, not close. I think right now without question. Yeah. Not close. Anybody else on this squad you want to, you want to touch on? Yeah, I was gonna say even beyond those main guys, like I think the five that I mentioned are the 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 main guys, but Jones, um, Brooks, Bain, Jackson, and who else was it? Bain, Jackson, Adams, Jones, and Adams, Brooks. yeah. Um, the I'm assuming starters, but like the bench with Melton, Clark, Anderson. I don't think you should necess- you, you should be like relying on any one of those guys, but they do become somewhat interesting tournament plays given how much ownership you're gonna get to the starters. For example, if Dylan Brooks is very, very clearly um a better option than De'Anthony Melton for $400 more. But if Dylan Brooks were to get in foul trouble or something, De'Anthony Melton would most likely pick up big, you know, big minutes and he's a good point per minute guy at 4,500. So that's the kind of thing where like on a nine game slate, it wouldn't even deserve mention, but on a four game where there is at least some merit to something like that. Same thing can be said for Brandon Clark with Jaron Jackson slash Steven Adams last game. um, Jack last game at uh, Clark just played backup center minutes. He didn't play any minutes alongside Adams, but we've seen in the past that if Jackson gets in foul trouble, you can get some additional run for Clark. And then also Kyle Anderson at 4,200. You could see him maybe take on a bigger role uh, with the second unit as a ball handler, you know, with Tyus Jones playing with the starters, but also if there's foul trouble to Jackson, maybe Anderson gets more minutes. So those three guys, I think none of them are priorities, but they are, you know, if you're playing multiple lineups, guys where you can say, all right, it's tough to differentiate on a four game slate when there's a team that is clearly as good as Memphis. What if something goes wrong with one the main Memphis pieces who benefits and you do have some highly productive point per minute guys in Melton Clark and Anderson that could potentially benefit from and and to your point to your point Jaron Jackson and Dylan Brooks are no strangers to foul trouble right like it's it's not just oh they get in foul trouble they get hurt those guys are are frequently finding themselves on the bench so yeah it makes sense there's a lot to like here someone had a good question uh they asked if Stephen Adams is hurt by John Morant being out um my i'm looking now my assumption was going to be no um but yeah adams with morant on the floor this year 0.97 DraftKings points per minute without him on the floor 1.12 jones is a good facilitator so there's how many how many minutes 1240 with morant and i needed to load again um 481 with him off. That's a decent sample. Honestly, it's a little surprising to me just because uh, Steven Adams is just not frequently used as an offensive player by any, like even if, even that still shocks me. Even though Moran is a good passer, I get that. It's not like, it's not like Adams is, is routinely attempting more than, you know, six, seven field goal attempts a game, which he's also, I believe, I believe Steven Adams has the best offensive re is, is the best offensive rebounder in the league right now. I would have thought he'd have a lot of 
putback opportunities and Morant wouldn't really affect him. Yeah. Dude, he averages almost as many offensive rebounds as defensive rebounds per game. Is that nuts or what? 4.6 offensive boards per game, 5.2 defensive rebounds. Yeah, it's insane. And, and what, so to what you were saying, I was I was going to mention it. Um, in the minutes without Morant, Adam's rebounding, total rebounding percentage is like three points higher than the ones with Morant. So it's entirely possible that the increase in production is just, you know, a small sample rebounding issue. The usage rate is also up four points. But again, to what you're saying about the offensive rebounding, if he just happened to have a couple games in there where he grabbed an insane amount of offensive rebounds and putbacks, like that's going to drive up the, the usage. But the main takeaway for me is that like, I don't think that you need to say, Oh, Steven Adams produces at a, a higher rate without Morant. I think the main takeaway is that Tyus Jones is a good enough facilitator. Like right. you're not, not that Steven Adams is a high usage guy anyway, but it's not like he's going to get f- completely frozen out of the offense or anything. Exactly. Yeah. Tyus Jones can actually play point guard. That's, right. Yeah. What about the Pacers though? Of course, Malcolm Brogdon's status is, is big right now. Uh, we we saw him not play last time. He hasn't played since the eighth. Uh, it's just, I mean, you can't win with this. He can't win, to be fair. Uh, he's on the court. He's off the court. He's back on. He's back off. Really have no idea at this point whether or not he's going to play. Chris Duarte is questionable. Uh, and, and to a much lesser effect in terms of DFS purposes, you're still waiting on, like, Lance Stevenson as well. Uh, Goga Batadze is questionable. He was ruled out of last game. So then you got... Um, you got a few extra minutes potentially from like Isaiah Jackson. He played 28. He's pretty cheap. Uh, the center position is always intriguing to me. If you take, say, one of these guys out of it, like a potentially a Goga Batadze, even though he's not someone that's playing uh, a huge amount of minutes. Do you think if he's out, Isaiah Jackson could play another 28, 29 minutes in this spot? If he can avoid fouling. I mean, yeah, that, that's been the thing with Jackson, like since he's been starting is, uh, he can get to 28 minutes like physically. There's no reason he can't. It's just that he fouls at a ridiculous rate. So it's, it's difficult to, uh, to project him there. But, you know, if Goga's out, it is, it, it should make you more bullish on Jackson's minutes because you would assume that they want him to play more if he can. It's just, you know, you're still kind of talking about someone that fouls like he's Jared Jackson on crack. <laughs> he's a good per minute guy, though, when he's out. There. Yeah, he is. Buddy Heald, Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, we still have Brogdon projected in, which I, mean, I don't, I, I don't see why you wouldn't at this point. But um, he, he's dealing with a concussion now, so it's not the same thing he's been dealing with. You would think he makes it back today. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, for now, I'm assuming he's back. Like this is a seven o'clock game, which is nice, but it's really difficult to talk about right now because you know if Brogdon's in. And, you know, and Goga's in and Dorte's in, they don't matter as much. But if all these guys are in, I don't really think there's much that stands out at all from Indiana. But if Brogdon's out, you're talking about a usage bump for Halliburton to go along with his ridiculous assist percentage. Even at 9,300, you know, on a four-game slate, he's got plenty of upside there. Buddy Heald's minutes are, are, you know, even more secure if Brogdon is out. Uh, If you're missing Goga and, you know, maybe the wing pieces too, just, you know, because it would thin out the rotation. Uh, Jalen Smith could certainly play enough minutes to look good at 5,500. So it's a really, really difficult team to talk about right now. It is. It, yeah, it really, at this rate, we just wait and see what's going on with them. Fortunately, we know what to do when Malcolm Brogdon sits for the most part. Uh, I will say, though, the pricing has come up quite considerably on a lot of these guys because Brogdon has missed so many games. Yeah. But even if he even even so like it's a 232 total we have no moran on the other side so this game could stay more competitive 
Uh, did you say you are willing to get to, you know, Halliburton, even at a 9K plus price point, Buddy Heald at 7,500 if if Brogdon's out? Yeah, not in the sense that they're priorities, but uh, since he came to Indiana, Halliburton's played 348 minutes without Brogdon. He's averaged 1.18 DraftKings points per minute, 22.8% usage rate, 36.8% assist percentage. He'd be likely to play 36 to 38 minutes. And he's just one of those guys, kind of like I was alluding to at the top of the show, where you have the mispricings on Memphis. You're going to have some value elsewhere as well, where you're talking raw points. Like You don't necessarily need... It doesn't matter as much that Tyrese Halliburton is maybe a little bit overpriced for his medium projection. If he goes for, you know, 45, 50 points, he's going to be useful just because it's a four-game slate and you have plenty of great point-per-dollar guys elsewhere. Marcus Allen, thanks for the super chat, man. It says, cash four or five and a 20 max last night. Thank you for the analysis the team does. Congrats, dude. Thanks for the super chat. Brooklyn, Orlando. Hit that thumbs up, too. Almost 400 people watching. Ah, wonderful. Nice, sunny, warm Tuesday morning, at least where I'm at. You got the Brooklyn Nets, pretty big road dogs, road favorites, sorry, here, nine and a half points, 231 total. Uh, this comes back to the same thing, right? Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, both of these guys. And, and you had mentioned earlier, what's going on with all the top tier talent? You have those two. Then you basically, if, assuming, so assuming Morant doesn't miraculously get better and play, then you got like Devin Booker and if McCollum's out, Halliburton. I mean, that. Halliburton's potentially your fourth highest priced player on the slate. So it shows you what you're dealing with with Durant and Irving tonight. Yeah, exactly. It's just a situation where, you know, on a bigger slate, if you tell me Durant's 11 1 and, and Kyrie's 10 2, I'm probably just saying, you know, like, oh, yeah, in tournaments, that's fine, but there's, there's, you know, better spots to get to. But on this slate, they're just going to project as two of the highest you know, raw scorers, and it's not going to be that difficult to get to them most likely. So uh, clearly, you know, Durant takes somewhat of a hit with Kyrie back and vice versa, but um, they're still really, really good. You know, Durant in particular should just absolutely destroy Orlando while he's out there. And Brooklyn's not a good enough team. I mean, they're, they're still 10-point favorites. They certainly can blow out Orlando, but they're not a very good team. So there's still a decent chance this game's competitive enough that, that you get close to full minutes from these guys. So I like both of Durant and Kyrie um, Drummond played 26 minutes last game, 5,800. Like I don't feel super confident he's getting there again, but if he's playing well, you know, he could, uh, he should be very good for whatever minutes he's on the floor tonight. Uh, obviously they were a little bit more shorthanded last game than they are today because Kyrie was out, but you also had the Seth Curry late scratch just made it. So, it was a little bit more difficult for them to go with like the small lineup with uh, Durant closing at center. You basically got 48 minutes in that game from Drummond and Claxton. So I would still project Drummond for like 22, 23 minutes here, but at 5,800, there's still a very high ceiling. All right. Uh, where was that at? Man of God said, yo, brother, Dave, and Bede looked really good last night against Joker. Hell of a game, bro. Much love. Yeah, man, you too. Got to win though. They lost that game. A it's true MVP would win. <clears throat> what? I said a true MVP would make sure his team won. In all seriousness, yeah, like that does not help. It, it, the MVP is a is an entirely subjective award, right? Like, yes, obviously stats play into it, but there's no magic number to get you there. So, uh, yeah, uh, they should have won that game. Doc Rivers is not I, – I still don't understand why people think Doc Rivers is a good coach, but um, – and congrats, stop, drop, living rent-free, won 4K on Cam Smith, woot, woot. We had one more. Oh, and then uh, 
not sure. So congratulations on the win, Adam. Always been someone I consider top on the NBA NBA DFS mountain. Then follows it up with nice to see you actually win. I was starting to doubt you for a bit. Huh, yeah, you and me both. <laughs> uh, last thing, we had somebody ask if there was going to be a March Madness video on on or on um, on uh, Osmo. Yes, there is, and it already is. It's on our Odd Shopper channel. Our boys, Ben Rasa and Matt Kajewski did it yesterday. It's fantastic. I would recommend you check that out. Share that with your friends. You know, subscribe to the Odd Shopper channel and check out our promo that we've got right now for everything March Madness. If you go to awesome.com slash promos, you get in on it using the promo code madness or just click on it. Uh, it gets you everything through March Madness. You get $10 off the package out of the gate. You don't have to re-up. It's just all of March Madness, all of the tournament, you're in. Projections, all of our top bets, uh, bets in Discord. Uh, there's a lot more that I'm just not remembering. But if you go and check it out, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. It's a great deal. You don't have to re-up for anything. It's just straight through. So get in on that. And, of course, the Best Bets Discord is up there now only for $15. Uh, just click on that. Let me see those picks. It's good until... March 17th, you're getting all of the best bets from Alex, from Ben, from Steve Buzzard, the Colts, uh, and essentially just putting you in the best potential ROI situations. And what they're doing is they're finding you the best bets and giving them to you in Discord. There's an ROI tracker, a bunch of other stuff that they took care of too. So for $15, you can get in on that. Go to awesome.com slash promos. Check it out. Was our marketing team at Mardi Gras when they came up with that? promo code it just Dude, feels listen, very we've been talking about this for a while now it's, feels it's very mardi gras inspired it is yeah right the problem is imagine trying to remember and type that right <laughs> fortunately we have a we have a page where you can just click and it'll it'll add it for you but yeah i wouldn't say it's it's efficient but it doesn't matter <laughs> they had mardi gras when is mardi gras I don't know. I know I saw Alex with a ton of beads when he was in New Orleans, though. Really? Yeah, I think, yeah, he took a picture with a bunch of them, I think. Nice. All right. Maybe it's, is it now? I never. I don't know. I know it's it's always around, like, Easter, I think. Mardi Gras never seemed appealing to me in all seriousness. I go back. So I've I've gone to Mardi Gras in St. Louis, which, like, it's not New Orleans, but it's still, like, a pretty big deal there. And, like, it was fun. Um I, it's one of those things where I, I feel like if I did it in New Orleans once, I'd have a good time, and then I would probably never do it again. Yeah, probably. Like, crowded, disgusting, but also fun. Yeah, it seems like a, it, miles of slop. Yeah, like, I feel like you just, like, get AIDS by being there. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it probably, and in fairness, it's probably a blast. But right, yeah, like, it's it's... It's not at the top of my list of like things to do, but like I, I want to go to Mardi Gras in New Orleans. I just am pretty confident knowing myself and everything that it would be like, cool, did that never yeah. again. Dude, you know where I've learned the most about Mardi Gras or really anything that I know at all about Mardi Gras? Two different places. Where? Cops and Girls Gone Wild. <laughs> <laughs> am, am I wrong? I no, mean, no. Yeah. If you ask me what I know about, I'm like, man, I I watched a lot of cops, and back it was when I was a kid, I watched a lot of Girls Gone Wild, and it always <laughs> happened to be at Mardi Gras. Right, right. You know, D 
you like anything else for Brooklyn or do you want to talk about Orlando here? Uh, somebody said it was March 2nd. Oh, okay. So two weeks ago. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, Any, Brooklyn. Anything um, else on Brooklyn? Yeah, I mean, so it's it's just a team that I think is pretty much correctly priced. Obviously, the Seth Curry news can play a role. But um, if we assume Curry's in, you know, Bruce Brown at 5,200 on a four-gamer is it could be okay. Like, you could take some shots at a $3,900 Nicholas Claxton, but I don't think any of them really – really stand out as priorities. I think that Durant and Irving are the guys you end up getting to the most just for the raw points. And then it's sort of just taking shots at, you know, Drummond, Claxton, not together. Um, Brown, maybe some Curry if he's in, Dragic if he's out. All right. Orlando. Oh, hey, um, also, if Curry is out, Patty Mills is only 3,500. He's uh. obviously terrible, but he played – he, he started last game, played 31 minutes. I don't know if he would start tonight. Um, you would get Kyrie starting, obviously, but I don't know if it would be in place of Mills or Dragic. If Mills starts at 3,500, he's okay. All right. Let's talk about Orlando then. Uh, you have Wendell Carter Jr. who just continues to rip off big games. I'm really beginning to love this guy. Every, every night he plays great. Cole Anthony, and then you have Bamba and – and Wagner, Jalen Suggs, we'll, we'll keep an eye out on him. He remains he's questionable. He hasn't he's played. Out. He's out. What's up? He's out. Is Suggs confirmed out? Yeah. Oh, okay. When did that come through? Um, Like 940 when I woke up. Oh, okay. I must have missed that one. It's really not even that big of a deal, but it, okay. So Jalen Suggs is out. Any priorities for Orlando? Yeah, I think so. Um, You mentioned Carter. I think that's, you know, a, a obviously good one. Um. He's likely to give you around 32 minutes. He's a good point-per-minute guy. It's not a bad matchup against Brooklyn. So I like him as a mid-range guy. 6,300 for Cole Anthony looks pretty good. He would look good with or without Suggs, but you know, taking Suggs out, you do get a bump in, in production for Anthony. You, um, the pricing on Bamba and Wagner, I think, is decent in tournaments. You know, Both 5,500 for, for Bamba, 53 for Wagner. And then you're probably going to get RJ Hampton in the starting lineup. He's 3,400. He's not a good, he's not a very good point per minute guy, especially playing alongside Cole Anthony, but that's just still way too cheap of a price point. So it will end up being interesting because we don't have all those payup options. Like I think Tyus Jones is very clearly the better option compared to Hampton. And so it'll end up being interesting. Like, do you need all these sub 4K guys or can you get away, you know, from, from like Hampton, for example? So that will be an interesting roster construction point, but he clearly looks like a good value. One spot that I'm, interested in in tournaments i'm looking now to see where the ownership is we have markel fultz at 10 percent. he is producing really well the minutes are obviously the the big question mark uh last game against the sixers he still played like 19 minutes so it, it's hard to think he's playing more than like 18 to 20 minutes um so it, it's not something i'm really confident in but uh he he has produced a lot he gets plenty of opportunities with the way this team's constructed. So um, not a priority, but somebody that I am more likely to play today than I have been, you know, prior to today. All right, let's talk about, and by the way, i not sure. I meant to, I meant to hit you with that about the hat thing, uh, not PJ. That was an accident, but yeah, you get them anywhere, man. The, the sponsor of today's show, No House Advantage, can be found at nohouseadvantage.com, can be found in the App Store, can be found in the Google Play Store. They're everywhere. It's 100% peer-to-peer, player prop platform, which is 
a lot different than anything you've ever seen, but also you can use any of the research you're doing throughout the day to really get an edge over there. And you don't have to do anything different than what you would do for another type of platform that's way different than DFS. Because what you all you're doing is taking player props, building lineups with them. There's no juice on either side, just over under. There's no salary cap. The ones you like the most get the most points at the top of your lineup. The ones you're least confident, put them at the bottom of your lineup. They get the fewest points. Simple as that. But all of the tools that we have built specifically for No House Advantage are over at Awesome. They're free every single day of the week, right? So even if you're not ready to sign up for Awesome or whatever, it doesn't matter. We still got you covered. The uh, No House Advantage projections and the optimal lineup tool and Odd Shopper, if you want to use that, or our player prop tool, all of that's free every day. Take advantage of the fact that they are static props over there. They do not change. You can use our tools, find an edge, um, get in on some big prize pools, and get a $25 deposit bonus. All users, all new users get a $25 deposit bonus when they sign up with the promo code AWESEMO, A-W-E-S-E-M-O. Check it out. Use all of the free tools. Compare them against what they've got going on at No House Advantage. Start winning some money. Download it in the App Store, Google Play Store, or go to nohouseadvantage.com. But when you do, use the promo code AWESEMO, A-W-E-S-E-M-O. Get $25 when you sign up and deposit for the first time. Boom. All right. Let's talk about Detroit here. So no real big pieces. You know, Killian Hayes is probable. Hamadou Diallo is out. But aside from that, mostly everybody's good to go, unless you consider like Frank Jackson a piece here that we should be discussing, but we really don't need to. Cade Cunningham's price, because it's a short slate, an abbreviated slate, is his ownership's actually higher than I would have expected, but he's playing really well right now. The guy has a, a super low floor, but one thing that stands out, Adam, that I think we need to really dig into a little bit is the minutes that he's getting. He's played 43, and I think a couple of these have been overtime, right? One or two, 43, 36, 41, and 44 minutes over his last four games. That's a far cry or a huge jump from what we had seen him play in middle of the season where you're like, okay, Cade Cunningham plays 30, 32 minutes. But now he's playing potentially like nine, 10 more minutes than he was averaging earlier in the year. Yeah, I mean, he's playing insane minutes right now. And that's kind of the one thing he has working in his favor in this spot. Because when I saw the $8,300 price tag, my first thought was like, oh, I guess, you know, he's... He like he's a high upside player. You can go there at low ownership, but you know the ownership probably gets pushed up a little bit on a four game slate. Right. Then anyway, you saw the minutes, and then I looked, and he's twenty eight percent owned. And I'm like, what the hell is yeah. this? But you know, it, it, if he manages to get forty minutes at eighty three hundred on a slate where there's not a lot to pay up for anyway, then he is going to look fine. But you know, at the same time, this is a really really difficult spot against Miami. Not awesome. only is it relatively likely that the game gets out of hand, but it's just a tough spot, you know, slow paced team, good defensive team. Uh, Cunningham, I think is, you know, pretty much priced appropriately. And I still, I still have trouble projecting him for more than like 36, 37 minutes. Like you still have to consider that things happen in a game. Cunningham fouls a lot for a guard. Um, Miami is much better than Detroit. The game's in Miami. Like there's, I I have a hard time thinking his median outcome is more than 36, 37 minutes as is. Um, And that kind of just makes him look correctly priced. So if he holds 28% ownership, I would think I probably don't quite get there. Um, but, you know, he is playing a lot of minutes. He does also on DraftKings have shooting guard and small forward eligibility, which is really nice. He played 44 minutes in regulation last Yeah. I mean, what? when guys are playing minutes like that, it becomes really difficult, I think, to project them, especially when they're doing it 
like when it's a, a new occurrence, it's not like we've seen all season where it's like, oh, if Cunningham's not in foul trouble, he plays 42 minutes. Right. It's, you know, normally like if he's not in foul trouble, he plays 34, 35. And when he is in foul trouble, he plays like 28. Um, so 28% against Miami, though. That's, yeah, that's uh... like it's a lot. I, I would really like him as a tournament play if that comes down. But yes. if, yeah. if, if, if a quarter of the field is going to be playing him, in a spot that I think is really risky. And he's at a price tag. You know, I already said that I don't think from like these upper mid-range guys, I don't necessarily think you need a great point per dollar performance, but you still need him to beat, you know, most or all of the other upper mid-range guys yeah. in a really shitty spot. Oh, he could still go for, he could still get 42 minutes and only have 40 fantasy points. And right, which probably getting isn't it. getting it done. Yeah, like he's 1.08 DraftKings points per minute for the year. You factor in the matchup against Miami and he's going to probably project, you know, a little bit lower than that. So, yeah, like let's say he plays 40 minutes and just gets, you know, a fantasy point per minute. Not a bad game. Probably not helping you at all in DFS. No. The minutes are nuts, though. I mean, they really are crazy. But you can say the same to a a lesser extent. Like Jeremy Grant's playing 38, 37 minutes over his last two. Uh, Sadiq Bey, he played, what, 40 minutes against Boston? So it does appear that all of the key guys in this offense or in the starting lineup or at least seeing the up or the ceiling of minutes around like 40 in, in competitive games, which is interesting at 6K price points if you didn't want to get decayed. But maybe you said, all right, let me let me take some shots on huge minutes on a four-game slate for one of these guys. But that's about where it stands. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it's, it, it's a really interesting spot. I think Cade, I, I think Cunningham's ownership is going to be a really interesting thing to pay attention for, uh, pay attention to as we get closer to lock. I was talking about Grant and Sadiq Bay getting a ton of minutes now too. Okay. Well, I was reading chat and not listening. You're fine. What I'm, what I'm saying is even Grant and Bay have this right now. It seems like 40 minutes. See, like Bay played 40 minutes two games ago in regulation. Grant played 38. So it's not out of the question to assume that these guys, maybe not to the same extent as Cunningham, but they're also a lot cheaper with a lot less ownership. That's what I was saying. Yeah, um, and with Grant, I think it's that, you know, you've seen with Isaiah Stewart out, um, which, is he back today? Yeah, Isaiah Stewart is yeah. back. Yeah, he's yeah. off the injury report. Yeah, so yeah, I'm, interested, I'm, I'm interested to see how that affects Grant because you have – Olinick, you have Bagley in the rotation. When you took out Stewart, you were getting, you know, Bagley getting those starts, Olinick backing him up. It opened up more minutes for Grant. I wouldn't be shocked if you see Grant kind of go back to like 32 minutes or so, 32, 33 minutes. Uh, not, a, not a guarantee, but certainly possible. What do you want to do with the Miami Heat today? Butler's off the injury report. The only one that's pending is Caleb Martin, and it's not a huge deal here. But uh, they're healthy and they're all priced. They're all grouped into kind of a similar price tier, except Bam Adebayo's salary has come down, and he's got a pretty appealing spot against the Pistons today. Um, so I, I wanted to touch on the conversation quickly in, in chat um, because Go I think it's it. just a useful, good one. Um, people are talking about, like, studying good players and all that. I kind of come in the middle. Um, there's someone saying that, like, you can't learn anything because it's a different slate. That's completely wrong. Um, I do think the one, the thing you need to be really, really aware of if you're going to study other players is that they're probably doing things that are like their process is almost assuredly different than yours just because everybody has different processes. So you want to, 
you you want to be careful looking and saying like, oh, I had a lot of this guy and, you know, McLovin didn't. So it was a bad play. Um, that's not necessarily the case. But what you can sort of learn from them is just paying attention to their overall strategy more so than specific players, I think. And, you know, saying like, OK, well, what were they doing in general with like this range of really, really popular players? You know, did they jam in three of them and avoid the one they thought was the weakest? Did they just eat all of it you know what are they doing uh stuff like that but i do think you can kind of especially if you're somewhat experienced and you have sort of your own process already i think you can actually make some mistakes if you get too deep into like what they were doing with specific players because it could be as simple as like they projected him two points higher than you and it just caused everything to be different and that's not something that you can really learn from so um i, I do think it's kind of a middle ground for sure so more so what you're saying a lot of it is like less what players they have and more what patterns you see in their play as well. Yeah, roster construction, general approach yeah. to like, you know, high owned players in general, more so than saying like, oh, they were over on Kate Cunningham, so he was a good play. Like, no, it just means that they thought like yeah, it means they thought Kate Cunningham was a good play. But like specific players is a lot less important than uh kind of just what they're doing at, at you know with different price points, roster construction, all of that. Yeah, well said. Speaking of specific players. How about Carl Anthony Towns last night, man? Holy Big fan shit. Of him right now. What? Big fan of him right now. I'm assuming he was in that lineup of yours. Yeah, yeah. He was like 10% in the 1500. Man, dropped 60. What did he finish with? Like 93 fantasy points or something? Yeah, it was like, I think it was like 89 and a half or something. I didn't get to 90. I ate a bunch of turnovers. Yeah. All right. Butler, Bam, Hero, Lowry, Oladipo still hasn't played north of, of 18 minutes. He'll probably play like 20 today, I would assume. He's gone 15, 17, 18. Excuse me. I think probably get him in 20 today. So not a huge deal. But um, like Hero's priced up now. Bam and Butler seem to be pretty well, pretty nicely priced for a matchup against Detroit. Low total, but only four games. Yeah. Um, on a bigger slate, I wouldn't have a ton of interest in Miami just because I think they are pretty much correctly priced. But on this slate, I think you should be getting to them. Um, Butler in a good spot. 8,600 certainly looks fine for him. He's pulling 24% ownership. So, for example, I don't know why Jimmy Butler is lower on than Kate Cunningham. Um, I, I think it's – like, I think they should be similar, but I don't – I don't know. I don't get it. Um, maybe that changes as the day goes on. But if this game's competitive – then you're probably getting 34, 35 minutes from Butler, and it makes him look pretty good. Uh, Bam's in a very good spot at 8,200. I think Hero and Lowry are a little bit more difficult to get to than those two. P.J. Tucker's cheap, but with the amount of value we have, he's going to probably end up looking like nothing more than just a contrarian tournament option as well. Um, but I, So I, I think Butler and Bam are the guys you should be getting to most here, mixing in some Hero, Lowry, Tucker, Robinson. Those guys are all fine as contrarian plays. Okay. Only where's that? Where was that at? Only up top. How can you change your email? If you, Jordan, can you give him the awesome email? Just because I'm assuming he's talking about awesome. I, I don't know. But yeah, I'm sure they can figure something out for you. We had a super chat from Marcus Young. I'm new to DFS. I'm playing in beginner level tournaments on FanDuel. Should I purchase Fantasy Cruncher from only doing one to three entries? Um, no, if you're only doing one. Well, well I, I don't. I, I never feel like there's a right answer to this because there, if you want to learn how to use fantasy cruncher and you want to start like maxing the, the nickel or something, then sure. But if you're just doing one to three entries, probably don't need to, unless you, I don't know. It, my, my answer is it has more to do with how much volume you're playing than it does with how many lineups you're playing. Like 
I would at, like I would absolutely not be playing e- even in single entry. Like I'm use, I use Fantasy Cruncher for all of my lineups. I don't hand build anything. My right. single entry lineups, my three max lineups, they're all built using Fantasy Cruncher. But I'm playing enough volume more. I mean, I get it. From, I'm playing enough volume where like it justifies the price. If you're playing three lineups at you know 25 cents per lineup, then you're, then no, yeah. then no, just because not not that you wouldn't be better using it, but that you can only make so much money in those entries, you know. So it's to me, it comes down a lot more to volume than to entries. Um, if the question is, should I be using Fantasy Cruncher to play one to three lineups? Yes, should. But if the question is, should I be using Fantasy Cruncher to play five dollars in volume a night? Probably not, just because right. you're making it impossible for yourself to profit. Yep. Ready to wrap this one up? Phoenix and New Orleans. Yep. All right. Before we do, breaks of God. Fantasy sports fans, what if you caught a break with the potential to net a couple hundred thousand dollars with less than a hundred dollar investment? Well, we got great news because breaksofgod.com is the place to catch that break. Breaks of God's the latest sports card collecting trend to catch fire in America. And it's how sports card collectors of all ages are building high value card collections without huge investment or risk. Listen up now. It has quickly become a popular and economical way for sports fans to get potentially high value or rare cards without having to buy a $1,500 box or case themselves. You got football, baseball, and everything in between, and you have slot options, many of them, available for under $100 so you can get in on the big money action. Breaks of God breaks dramatically increase your odds of getting big money premium sports trading cards for a fraction of the cost of expensive, hard-to-get boxes. All the cards are broken from sealed premium boxes live on Instagram, and the cards are shipped directly to you for free when the live break is over. Slots are limited, so get in on this now. And if you want to figure out how you can hit on big money cards and get 30% off your first break solid, go to breaksofgod.com slash A30, like awesome, A30, breaks of God slash A30, or breaks of God, sorry, dot com slash A30, and get 30% off your first break. Also make sure to follow them on Instagram at breaks of God. All right. So one more game to go here. Let's make it happen. You've got the Phoenix suns and New Orleans Pelicans still no cam Johnson, but Devin Booker is really the third highest priced player on this slate. If you're comparing someone like him, granted a good matchup, Adam against the Pelicans, Comparing Devin Booker to, you know, Kyrie and to Durant, are they all similar to you? Or is it basically Durant and Booker are the closest to each other and then Irving's a little bit further down at the respective price points? Yeah, I mean, I think they're pretty similar. I think that when you factor in that Kyrie is more expensive than Booker, it certainly moves Booker ahead because, you know, again, I think they're similar. I think Booker probably projects a little bit higher anyway. Um, But then when you factor in the pricing, I think, you know, Booker looks better, but in terms of just being capable of putting up, you know, massive fantasy scores, they're all pretty similar there. Booker getting about 20% ownership right now. Kyrie at like 12%. That makes sense to me. Um, So yeah, I mean, it's a good spot for Booker. I assume he will see plenty of Herbert Jones defense, which from a DFS standpoint, I don't care all that much about individual defense. I like basically overall, it's a good matchup. It's a good, you know, game. It should be fast paced. I would prefer if Herbert Jones were not playing, but you know, it's still overall a, a spot where I'm not going to like not play Devin Booker because of Herbert Jones. Um, so he looks very good. You, you know, obviously increased production without, um, without Chris Paul as well. Pain at 7,700 starts to become, I think pretty difficult to get to with 
you know, Devin Booker back. He's still a good fantasy producer. He's still playing a lot of minutes, but he's priced up kind of like, it's like they were so slow on pricing him up when Booker and, and Paul were out that now they've just gone like completely off the board. With Aiton. So um, makes it kind of tough there. I think Aiton, you know, Bridges, those guys are okay, but Booker pretty clearly the priority to me from Phoenix. Credit to Payne for how well he's played alongside Booker as well, but you're right. That price, it, like if this were an eight or nine game slate, he's not pulling anywhere close to 15%. Uh, right. I'm saying obvious things here, but what I mean is it's not exactly the most uh, inviting price point on Cameron Payne at all. Right. It, he, he's played 379 minutes alongside Booker without Paul. He's averaged 0.99 DraftKings points per minute. Now, all of his minutes tonight won't most likely won't be alongside Booker, um, but they weren't truly staggering them last game either. Uh, you did get a little bit of pain without Booker, but um, you know Booker plays so many minutes too. So if you call it around the fantasy point per minute for pain, you know just to kind of illustrate why the price tag is a problem, if he plays 35, 36 minutes at a fantasy point per minute, gets you 35, 36 points at 7,700, it's kind of like, okay, cool, that did nothing for me. Um, not to say he can't have a better game than that, but it kind of just illustrates how the, the price tag is clearly correct if not a little bit too high while in so many other spots today it's just been like okay this price is just wrong i sure wouldn't mind getting some more consistent higher minutes for deandre ayton though yeah i mean last game you out you clearly can't take much away from that he played 27 minutes and three quarters yeah Um, but 30 in back-to-back games before that i mean one of them competitive yeah i mean i think the the like medium projection for Aiton's around 30 minutes. Some games you get 32, 33, but, uh, and, you know, obviously some games you get a little bit less, but uh, I feel pretty comfortable normally going to about 30 minutes on Aiton. At 7,300, it makes him look okay. Uh, in the minutes he's played this year with Booker on and Paul off, a total of 280 minutes, 1.2 DraftKings points per minute. Um, overall this season, I think he's in that that, that range. I'm, I'm looking now, I think it's around, yeah, 1.14 DraftKings points per minute. He's, he's a fine play. I think I'd rather get the BAM if I can, but um, Adebayo or Aiton's also getting a little bit less ownership, I think. All right, let's wrap it up. Hit that thumbs up one more time too. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us this morning. Uh, 525 people watching. If McCollum plays, then everything becomes a whole lot different. So he's questionable. We have no idea. Uh, he's still in protocol. Uh, uh, Sorry, yesterday, as of yesterday, he was still in protocol. So we'll see. We should know if he's getting out sooner than later. Uh, and if that it, that's just going to make a big difference on everything. But I will say, Adam, that now, even if CJ McCollum is out, Jonas Valanciunas' price point has come up, what, almost $1,000 in, in two games. Devontae Graham went from 4300 or whatever he was to 6800 uh, which is, I don't know. That that's, it's I guess it's, it's okay if he plays big starter minutes. And then Herbert Jones. All of these guys are priced up to, all of these guys are priced up to to reflect no CJ McCollum or Brandon Ingram is is a long a, sh- a short way of saying what I was trying to get at. Right, and so it creates a situation where. I think if McCollum plays, he still looks good at 9,400. Now, the the downside is this is still a really difficult matchup against Phoenix. But in terms of the opportunities he would get, he's played 181 minutes without Ingram since joining the Pels. He has a 33% usage rate and a 42% assist percentage. Even if you think those numbers come down a little bit, he's going to get tons and tons of opportunities here. And 
he can still pretty easily pay off this price tag. Someone like Joe Val, it's a little bit more of an issue because his price tag, like you were saying, it reflects McCollum being out and, you know, obviously Ingram being out. And so, like, without Ingram on the floor this year, Joe Val's at 1.26 DraftKings points per minute. That's good. But if you add McCollum, you're still expecting that to cut into Joe Val's usage a little bit. So it's a situation where you expect more production from Joe Val than you would get if both Ingram and McCollum were in, but still less than you were getting earlier in the year when Ingram was out and McCollum wasn't there yet. Uh, he's played 104 minutes with McCollum on the floor, Ingram off, 24.8% usage, 1.2 DraftKings points per minute. Nothing to sneeze at and, and still gives him a high ceiling, still creates a situation where, you know, for example, at 8,200, we have Bam projected for 30% ownership. We have uh, Valanciunas projected for nine. That's a very, very strong tournament pivot, I think, you know, in individual lineups. But it does still make him look, you know, a little bit overpriced. Whereas if you take Ingram and McCollum off the floor this year, uh, so he was at 1.21 DraftKings points per minute with McCollum on and Ingram off. With both of them off, he's at 1.27. Usage rates at 28% compared to 24.8. Uh, so you're getting you know more opportunities as well. He's just clearly going to look a little bit better if McCollum's out. But even if McCollum's in, I think he's a pretty interesting tournament play. All right. Well, there we go. Someone, Jordan, someone, did you see, or was it just me? Someone asked about. Uh, yeah, the bracket tournament, Alan was asking. Alan, just go to C Perks since you're a member already. Go to the C Perks and then Community tab, and you'll see the link there. It should be the first link available. If you're a member here on the channel with one of the badges, you know who you are. Uh, you get into the March Madness bracket <clears throat> tournament. We're giving away uh, a bunch of awesome prizes up top to the winners. To a well, you know, not just first place, but a lot of them. So, all right, man. Any final thoughts before we head out or will I see you tonight on the deeper dive? Yeah, you'll see me tonight. Sounds good. Stick around too. A lot coming up throughout the day. Uh, NHL should be back, right? NHL strategy show. No. Yes. No. I have no idea. I would yes. assume so. 11 games today. PGA strategy show at one locks before lock at four 30 deeper dive at five live before lock and the post show at six. Oh, and my video over at uh, Odd Shopper, getting into those bets today, all of our favorite props. That'll drop around 2 p.m. Odd Shopper YouTube channel. See us there. Thanks as always, guys. We'll catch you back here tomorrow on the Strategy Show. Peace.